You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I'm picking up on last week's podcast episode where I talked at length about how a healthy mind gives rise to a healthy body. Now, I've been asked a number of questions since in relation to what that actually means. How do I go about healing my body with my mind? And I want to explore that first of all. But even before I do that, we talked about a variety of ailments and illnesses last week and how clarity of mind, presence of mind, flow, allowing your super strings of energy flow freely, or as quantum physicists would say, shimmer freely in your body, how that actually transforms people's physical health. I mentioned a number of illnesses, and I want to add one to the list, because since last Wednesday, I got an email from an owner of the online program, who told me that after 10 years of suffering from lupus, her doctor had taken her off her medication because her blood work was completely normal. The fact of the matter is that when we meditate, we change one of the most important pieces of equipment in our entire body. We restructure parts of the brain that would otherwise be on high alert all the time for threats, high alert all the time to trigger the stress response, which destroys the cardiovascular system, which destroys the immune system, which destroys the digestive system, which gives rise to all manner of ailments. And that's just looking at it from a perspective of the neurotransmitters in our brain, the hormones, the chemicals that we pump into our system when we are on that high alert. When we restructure the subcortical brain through regular meditation, we are no longer in that state of high alert. Yes, of course, we are still aware of circumstances in which we might be in danger. part and parcel of how the brain actually works in the first place, but more importantly, we have become aware of what is going on in the here and now, what we need to do in the here and now, and we become aware of the signs, which I'll come back to in a minute, hold that thought, and the opportunities that will lead us towards the life that we love to live. But this all starts with achieving what most program owners call simply peace of mind. As I say, I was asked by a number of people over the last week, what do I need to do to ensure that my healthy mind gives rise to my healthy body? In particular, as you'll know from previous podcast episodes, I've talked at length about setting your mind to achieve your goals or objectives. We've talked before about what I call perfect moments because 
The brain learns in what is known as psychological snapshots. That is how we learned our formative programs when we were young and impressionable. We literally took photographs of things that made us unfortunately generally feel bad about ourselves rather than good about ourselves. Again, by the way, as an aside, but an important aside, because you might think what I've just said is a little strange. We took photographs of the bad stuff rather than the good stuff because it would encourage us and enable us further stay on that state of high alert that I mentioned earlier on. That, that's how we survived and thrived when we were hunter-gatherers. We've talked, as I said, about how you set your mind by painting a word picture for yourself, if I can put it like that, by handwriting what a perfect moment looks, but in particular feels like when you experience it as if you're experiencing it. So in other words, you handwrite something that you want as if you already have it. In doing so, we activate the parts of the brain that take our psychological snapshots. As far as modern science is concerned, this is the only way an adult can take a desired psychological snapshot. We can take, unfortunately, as adults, undesirable psychological snapshots when we are confronted by a life-threatening situation. They're the snapshots that lead to PTSD, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about taking desirable snapshots. So we've covered all that before. We know how to set our minds, and if you don't know how to set your mind, well, it's the time that you went about learning how to do it, because it will transform your life. But the question I was asked was, do the people who have experienced major health benefits as a result of a clarity of mind or a presence of mind that is brought about through the restructuring of the brain as a result of meditation, have they set their minds to achieve health goals? And generally speaking, the answer is no. They would have set perfect moments for, you know, sitting with their family around the table at Christmas in a special place where they didn't have a care in the world. Don't take that as a face value as an example of a perfect moment, by the way. I'm just giving you what you might consider to be a snapshot, seeing as we were talking about snapshots a minute ago. So these people who are experiencing health benefits, and I'm talking about major health benefits as a result of setting their minds and being calm and experiencing that peace of mind that comes through regular meditation. The health benefits just came with the package. You see, the point is that in developing a healthy mind, it simply flows as surely as night follows day, that your healthy mind will look after your body so that it becomes fully and wholly healthy too. You don't have to set your mind to overcome an illness. In fact, I suspect that, say, for example, setting your mind to overcome something like a cancer diagnosis would be akin to a smoker saying to himself or herself, I'm going to stop smoking the 40 cigarettes a day that I have been smoking. In doing so, the smoker gives attention to smoking. Because effectively what they're saying is, I'm not going to smoke, but the problem is that the mind is still focused on smoking. So if I were to say to myself, having been given, say, a cancer diagnosis, I'm going to focus on curing myself of cancer. 
first of all, your normal thinking mind will say, that's rubbish, that's unrealistic. Now, again, we've talked about that before and how the normal thinking mind thinks anything outside the norm of your ordinary everyday life is unrealistic. That's why through meditation, we put that thinking mind aside. We go over and sit it on the bold step because that is where it deserves to be. That's the bit of it that gets in the way. So if you were to set your mind to, I'm going to cure myself of cancer, First of all, you have that challenge posed by the thinking mind. But secondly, what are you doing? You're focusing on the cancer. Instead, I told a story last week, as you will remember, of the guy who told his 16-year-old daughter that he would walk her up the aisle on her wedding day, which took place many years later, even though he had only been given six months to live. In other words, the snapshot that he took was of an achievement of great joy. And he couldn't achieve it if he wasn't still healthy and alive at the time, obviously. Essentially, what I'm saying is that a healthy body comes with the territory of having a healthy mind. Think about how it actually works in practice. First of all, a healthy mind doesn't pump cortisol, the stress drug, into your body anymore. Secondly, a healthy mind enables your energy, your vital energy flow through the energy meridians in your body. A healthy mind enables your energy flow through your core. A healthy mind enables the superstrings of energy from which your body is made shimmer coherently, synchronistically, and as modern science tells us, literally shine, you shine your light, because the electromagnetic pulse created by a coherent body of energy, in other words, your body, give off photons of light. And that light carries with it messages into the outside world. It carries messages of joy to those people around you. It carries messages of what you really want out of life, out into the universe. And it all happens, it comes from your body. It doesn't come from your mind. It comes from the whole of who you are. So when, you know, I quote people who have lost a load of weight because obviously weight is a health issue. Obesity is a health issue. We know, for example, that an undue amount of weight around the girth in males is an indicator of problems with prostate, will lead to prostate cancer. So weight is an issue. So when you read about some of my program owners saying that they've lost a large amount of weight, or when I talk about it, I am not talking about people who set a goal for themselves of losing weight. I'm talking about people from whom, and I quote here, the weight fell off. We talked about this a couple of months ago when I talked about a girl who I was working with who told me she was obese. I hadn't seen her. This is in the days before Zoom. We were just on the phone. And after a couple of weeks, she told me, the weight is just falling off. What did you do to me? And of course, I did nothing to her. One of the things she did notice is that we never talked about weight in any of our conversations. We talked about the things that she wanted to achieve in life. We talked about the joyful experiences that she would love to have in her life. In effect, we talked about the perfect moments that she wanted to experience in her life, the psychological snapshots, the desirable ones that she wanted to take for herself. The falling off of the weight 
was simply, if you like, an added bonus. So that, that's very important. You don't need to worry about any illness that you have. What you need to do is concern yourself with ensuring that you attain peace of mind through meditation and that you allow your cleared mind fully understand what you need to do to move yourself in the right direction, which includes your health. I'll give you another example of that. I mentioned a number of months ago that I had a client in Ireland many years ago who suffered from Lyme disease. She was a dietitian, and the dietitian in her knew that what she ate had a direct impact on the extent to which the disease affected her. And yet she would go out with her mates on a Friday night and eat burgers, cheeseburgers, bacon burgers, chips by the lorry load because that's what she loved. What she was putting into her by way of food was doing her damage and she knew it, but having a normal mind, she couldn't stop herself. Let's take time out for just a minute to consider what I've just said. Having a normal mind, she couldn't stop it. The normal mind, as we know, operates on automatic pilot. An automatic pilot uses programs. The programs that your automatic pilot uses are the programs that you took by way of psychological snapshots when you were young and impressionable. Until you stop using your automatic pilot on a daily basis, your automatic pilot will always bring you back to the same place. You're never going to change anything in your life. And that's why I referred to putting our thinking mind on the bold step a couple of minutes ago. Back to my friend, because a couple of weeks after she started meditating, she went out with her friends, picked up the menu and said to herself, right, I'm going to have a double bacon burger with cheese and chips. And by the time the waiter came around to take her order out of her mouth, and it's like as if she wasn't controlling herself, she was saying to herself, where did this come from? She ordered fish and a salad. A couple of weeks later, she said to me, I was doing my weekly supermarket shop and it's like as if somebody else was controlling my hand. My hand would take things off the shelf and in the same movement put them back because I knew they weren't good for me. And my hand started taking healthy food off the shelves rather than the stuff I would normally buy. It's like as if I wasn't controlling myself. And the actual fact of the matter was that her restructured brain the restructured part of the brain that looks after mind and body was in control. What had been going on before when she thought she was in control, thought being the operative word, was that her thinking mind, using her automatic programs, was simply selecting the same old crap that she'd always put into herself. It's a classic example of how, when you are in a clear state of mind, that clear state of mind enables you know what you're doing, know what you need to do, and know what you need to avoid doing. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that a number of my program owners have said to me over the years that they start saying things that they couldn't have imagined themselves saying. They start doing things that they couldn't have imagined themselves doing. They start, quote unquote, surprising themselves, amazing themselves, super surprising themselves. This is just a simple everyday example of super surprising yourself. But when you are in that state of mind, you'll super surprise yourself 
any time that you need it. I talked about signs earlier on. I talked about when we are in the right state of mind, we know what's going on. We recognize signs, signposts, little things. We recognize signs for what they are. It's like, for example, and I'll digress for a minute because this is very important. We've been talking about life stories. It's the theme of our podcasts over the course of these few weeks as we move towards Midsummer's Night, the 21st of June, when I'm making a special offer, by the way, a one-off special offer on the online program to which I've referred a couple of times. You'll find the link for that underneath this podcast this week. Anyway, I want to tell you a story about a client of mine who many, many years ago took his family on holidays to Disneyland in Florida. It could have been Disney World, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Now, I need to tell you before I go any further that obviously as a client of mine, this individual had already written what I referred to earlier on as a perfect moment. And I want to recount to you the detail of the perfect moment that is relevant to the story that I'm about to tell you. It goes something like this. I'm out on the boat with my two sons. They are running up and down the deck, trimming the sails. I have one hand over the side of the boat and my fingers are running through the water. I look out across the water as the boat bobs up and down and the water is broken into little triangles of sunlight as the sunlight glistens across the bay and in the distance I can see our house with the red roof. My eyes are smarting at the smoke coming off the barbecue that I have slung over the side of the yacht as I cook a couple of steaks for myself and the lads and I crack open a tin of beer and my hand almost slips on the condensation on the cold can and I take a gulp of sparkling beer into my mouth. The sun is shining, the boat is bobbing up and down, all is well. That's what he wrote. Now, let's get on with the story. Whilst he was on holidays in Florida, he discovered that a girl who worked for him in the bank that he worked for had been promoted to be his boss. And it ruined his holiday, as you might imagine. He came back from his holiday had a row with his boss's boss, because his boss was now the girl who used to work for him. And the boss's boss said to him, if you don't like what's going on here, you know, go and find something else. You know, it was a motivational speech, I suppose you could call it. Went home, fell into something of a depression, I think is the only way you could describe it. And about three Saturday mornings later, he was lying in bed, his wife couldn't get him out of bed. And eventually she came into him with a cup of coffee and a copy of the previous day's Irish Times newspaper. And in the recruitment section of the Irish Times was a small ad. It was no more than three lines. A major financial institution was looking for a head of risk. That's, that's pretty much all it said. It didn't say what major institution. It didn't say where it was. All it said was, please email your CV. 
His wife said to him, get your head off the pillow, pull yourself together. Look at this ad. It sounds like a job that is made for you. He said, we don't know where it is. We don't know anything about it. She said, what have you got to lose? Get yourself out of bed, get your CV together and email it off. And he did. And he heard nothing. He heard nothing for three weeks. And then he got a single line email saying, we'd like to interview you and we'd like to fly you and your wife to London for the interview. All expenses paid. So the two of them looked at each other and said, well, we're going to get a few days in London, if nothing else. So off they went. He went for the interview at 11 a.m. on a Thursday morning. And at 12.30 p.m., he was still sitting there. They were playing games with him because when he did go into the interview, he discovered that the person who had been posing as a receptionist was actually one of the three people who was interviewing. The mind games that large corporations play with people, it, it, it boggles me. We could have a whole conversation about that. There's no point in going into it because it's madness, utter madness. Anyway, he did his interview. He wasn't sure how well he had done because he wasn't sure if he was in the right mood for the interview, having been left sitting there for an hour and a half. Came out of the interview, met his wife for a much later than anticipated lunch. And she said, how did that go? And he said to her, well, at least, as you said, a couple of days ago, at least we've got a couple of days in London. They went back home to Dublin. And after a couple of weeks, he got another single line email that said, we'd like to offer you the position of head of risk at our bank's headquarters in New Zealand. The two of them looked at each other and said, okay, you might need a new job or you might want a new job, but some other perfect moment is bound to come along because we are not uprooting ourselves and our two young sons to move the other side of the world. They'd want to be paying you a fortune. So the two of them said to each other, well, why don't we decide what a fortune is? To us and I write back and say I wouldn't move for less than that amount so they did and he wrote back to the bank and he said well thank you for the offer you've given me no details yet but I need to tell you that I wouldn't move to the other side of the world for less than x they emailed him back and said well we're just getting the terms and conditions of the contract ready but actually the salary is it was, it was actually 1.5x. It was, it was a mind-blowing figure for this guy. So that night, himself and his wife sat down to dinner and they said, we actually have a decision to make. She said to him, I'm not in a position to make this kind of decision. I need a sign. That's exactly what she said. I need a sign. Following morning, he pulled himself out of bed, went into his job that he hated at this stage, looked at his boss who used to work for him, went in and sat down at his desk and a load of CVs were on his table as the bank he was currently working for was sifting through applications for a job as assistant head of risk, which actually put his own job in further jeopardy, by the way. And he was one of the people interviewing people who may ultimately replace him. So real motivation here. Sat down with a cup of coffee, picked up the first CV on top of the pile. And it was from a lady who was head of risk in the bank in New Zealand. The job that he'd actually just been offered. 
what transpired was this was a lady who was Irish who had just had her first child and she wanted to move back to Ireland to bring up her child or children in Ireland. He rang his wife and he said, I, 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 I've seen your sign. They moved to the other side of the world. Their two young sons ended up crewing on a yacht in the Admiral Cup. Is it the Admiral Cup? I think it's called. I know nothing about yachting, obviously. And they would never have had that opportunity, of course, if they weren't living in New Zealand. A couple of years later, I got a phone call from, from the other side of the world. He said to me, I was out on my yacht yesterday with the two lads, and we were bobbing up and down on the water. And I had a couple of steaks on the barbecue thrown over the side, the beer in my hand. I looked out across the sparkling, shimmering golden water of Bucklands Bay to my house on the beach with the red roof. I don't need to say any more. The reason I tell you that story today, obviously, is that you can set your mind by handwriting what you want as if you already have it. But more importantly, we are being given signs all of the time. Now, if he had not set his mind in that way, the CV of the lady in New Zealand would still have been top of the pile, but he wouldn't have noticed it. When we set our minds, we set our minds to notice the synchronicities of life. We've talked about synchronicity before, and we now know from scientific research that synchronicities are only synchronicities when we give them meaning as a result of having set our mind in a particular direction. Obviously, I'm summarizing a load of science there, but that's what it boils down to. Signs come in all shapes and sizes, and little signs will change your life. For example, from the girl standing in the rain next to my client who I mentioned in a podcast a couple of months ago, who turned out to be the person who gave him the most business for his new business that he had just set up that he could ever imagine. But let me finish today with a wonderful example of how we notice signs, signs that are already there. I was talking to a client of mine just yesterday and she was telling me how she has been taking dancing lessons now there's a whole backstory as to why she would decide to take dancing lessons and that's between me and her it's none of your business but she decided to take dancing lessons and she told me that she has two left feet I don't think I'm telling tales out of school when I say that and she decided that maybe she could improve herself before she goes back to group dancing classes by taking some personal one-to-one -one dancing classes. She said, I don't know how I could, uh, I don't know if those even exist. She went out for a walk last weekend. She did the same walk that she has walked, as she said to me, a hundred times. And as she was walking down one particular street, she looked up and in the window that she looked up at, was a notice for the British Association of Dancing Instructors with a telephone number. She said, I've walked down that street a hundred times. I have never seen that sign. 
But the fact of the matter is that in life, we see the signs that we need to see when we need to see them. It's like, as I've said to people before who get impatient about wondering why their perfect moment hasn't happened yet, a perfect moment will only happen at the perfect moment, otherwise it wouldn't be a perfect moment. That's actually pure logic. But there are signs all around us all of the time. We don't need to see all of the signs. What we need to do is be tuned in, in the here and now, mindful of the goals that we have set our mind to, so that as and when we need to see the signs, we are alert enough to see them and see them for what they are. Signposts on the journey, the adventure of our lifetime. Signposts that will enable us live the life stories that we have written when we wrote those perfect moments. Now, as I said to you, by way of closing today, as I said to you earlier on, I have a very special offer on the online program next week. It is an opportunity for you to write the life story that you really want to live, to take the desirable snapshots, to discard the undesirable snapshots that have been used by your automatic pilot for all your adult life up to now, for you to develop the state of mind that will bring about a totally restructured brain, a healthy mind, a healthy body, and a body and mind ready to live the life of your dreams. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.